such an encouraging thought, isn't it? The Lord's kindness never ceases. His compassions never end. They are fresh every morning, so we put our hope in Him. Today we're starting a new series of messages called Begin a New Journey. And I'd like for you to take a moment right now to think about your journey in 2018. What kind of year was it for you? Well, maybe as you look back, it was a good year overall. You made some new friends, you accomplished some important goals, made some changes in your life. Or maybe as you look back at 2018, you are so glad it's over. Maybe it was a year where there were just a lot of problems. Maybe there were health problems, legal problems, financial problems, relational problems. Maybe as you look back, you wish you had made some different choices. And it could be that as you look back at 2018, the words of Charles Dickens um, in his classic novel, The Tale of Two Cities, come to mind. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. No matter what your experience may have been in 2018, there's a very important question that I want all of us to consider this morning on this very first Sunday of 2019. Where do we go from here? No matter what's happening in your life this morning, where do you go from here? Now maybe this morning, as you look toward the future, you're feeling hopeful, optimistic. Maybe just the opposite is true. You're feeling discouraged and pessimistic. Maybe you're confused and worried about the future. But wherever you find yourself this morning, where do you go from here? And this question is not only important for us as individuals, it's not only important as families, but it's important as a church. As we look back over 2018, as we look at the successes and the challenges of the year, as a church family, where do we go from here? This is a question that I've been thinking about for over a week now when it comes to my personal life, my family, the, the ministry that God's called me to lead, where do we go from here? And for me, the answer is very clear. I want to go to where God wants me to be. And when it comes to my family, I want my family to go where God wants us to be. When it comes to our church family, I want to go to where God wants us to be. And I hope that's true of you as well. I hope this morning on the first Sunday of 2019, that you really want to go to where God wants you to be. The question is, how in the world do we get there? And that's the question we're gonna explore this morning. How do you get from where you are to where God wants you to be? Now, I brought something with me this morning, and I'd like for you to tell me what this is. It might be a little easier if I open it up. Does anybody recognize this? What is this? What kind of map is this? Some of you students may have never seen one of these. This is what we used to use before there were map apps and navigational systems. This is a what? A road map. And in fact, this is a vintage road map. It's a 1993 road map of North and South Carolina. I keep this in my car in case my nav system goes out. It's my backup plan. But when you're looking at a map, it actually answers three important questions. Number one, where am I? Because you want to locate yourself on the map, right? Um, where do I need to go? And what's the third question? Yeah, how in the world do I get there? And so church, this morning, and let me say this, somebody, I just laid this down for service, and somebody actually folded that up for me. So I'm just really thankful for whoever that was. That is not one of my gifts. But think about this. In the days and weeks ahead, as we go through this series, I hope that it'll be like a map to you, that you'll be able to say, hey, here's where I am. Here's where God wants me to be 
and here is how I'm going to get there. Now, let me, let me say this as well. I think often when we think about goals and where we're going in the future, we think about two things. We often think about achievement and acquisition. What are the things I want to do? Um, what are the things I want to have? And yet God wants us to think beyond that. God wants us to focus not just on what we do or what we have, but the kind of person we become. God wants us to focus on character. Now, why is that so important? Because what you do flows from who you are. We live in a culture where so many people are driven by the need to succeed. There was an article I saw last week, and it posed this question, how can you be successful in this new year? Now, of course, that depends on your definition of success. And Bruce, it looks like my clicker is no longer functioning. So my goal, there you go, is <laughs> to get those words off screen and to get some other pictures on screen because maybe you're a football coach and your definition of success is what? Yeah, winning the big game. Or maybe you're somebody in the business world and your definition of success is winning that number one sales award. Or maybe you're a student and your definition of success is getting that really great score on the SAT or getting into the college that you want to attend. There are all kinds of ways that we can define success, but let me give you a biblical definition of success. Success is the process of becoming the person that God created you to be as you achieve the goals he has given you. Think about that, it's a process. A process of becoming the person that God created you to be as you achieve the goals that he has given you. Now often, as we look at our, our goals, we realize that it's really difficult to get from where we are to where God wants us to be. So how do we actually do that? Well, here's the first thing. Here's where it all begins. Pray about God's goals for your life. Pray about God's goals for your life. Now, one of the things that successful people in the Bible have in common is their commitment to prayer. Let me give you a brief prayer quiz. Are you ready? Who's a person in the Bible that because of his commitment to pray three times a day um, landed up in a lion's den? Yes, Daniel. Or what about this, the person who decided that he was gonna pray that it wouldn't rain and he prayed really, really hard and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Who was that? Does anybody know? You can say it out loud. Elijah. Or how about this, who spent all night long praying when he was deciding who to call as his disciples? Who was that? Yeah, that was Jesus. Now there's another person in the Bible whose key to success was his prayer life. And that person is a man named Nehemiah. There's a book in the Old Testament named after him. And as that book begins, Nehemiah finds out that the city of Jerusalem is in serious trouble. The walls have been destroyed. The people are disgraced. And this is what Nehemiah does in response to this news. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Now, when Nehemiah prays, God tells him what he wants to do. Nehemiah, I want you to go back to Jerusalem and lead this effort to rebuild the walls. Now, what does that mean for us as we head into this new year? This is on your outline. We need to pray for guidance, God's guidance in setting goals, the goals that God will give us. Church, inside your program is a verse card. We do this every week. It's called the verse of the week. And this is our verse of the week. It's from Psalm 32, and it says this. 
The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. That's an incredible promise, isn't it? That God would actually guide us along the best pathway for our lives. And what that means is as we begin a new year, instead of saying, here's what I want to accomplish, we need to take a step back and say, God, what is it that you want to accomplish? God, what do you want to accomplish in me? What do you want to accomplish through me this new year? And there's some very practical things that we can pray about. Um, For example, money. You can say, hey God, what do you want me to do with the money that you've entrusted to me this year? We can pray about goals for our marriage or our family. We can pray about all kinds of things. If you're a student, you could ask God about what classes to take, what friends to have, what school he wants you to attend. You can ask God about um, goals for your business, for your career. Maybe it's a goal of going back to school. This is a really important principle. Prayer guides you into God's will for your life. Do you realize that? Prayer guides you into God's will for your life. There's an alignment with your life and God's will for you. Now, there's something else I want you to notice about Nehemiah's prayer. Look at these verses. Nehemiah says, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. And notice what he says next. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. Nehemiah is referring to the king that he serves. Now at this point, Nehemiah knows exactly what God wants him to do, to go back to Jerusalem and lead this effort to rebuild the walls. But notice what Nehemiah doesn't pray. Um, You know God, you're really powerful and I really don't need to go to Jerusalem. You could just say the word and the walls will just, they'll just go up. I mean you spoke the entire universe into existence, certainly you can do this. But that's not what Nehemiah does. He prays for an opportunity to go to Jerusalem and lead the effort to rebuild the walls. Now, what does that mean? That we need to pray for opportunities, like Nehemiah, to pursue the goals that God is giving us. Let me give you an example. Let's say that this this year there's somebody in your family that you love and you would really love to see them Uh, become a Christian, become a follower of Jesus. Well, you could pray, hey God, um, I pray that Uncle Bob will become a Christian this year. Or you could pray this, dear God, would you please give me an opportunity to talk to Uncle Bob about how Jesus has changed my life? Do you see the difference? You're actually asking God to help you be an answer to your prayer by giving you an opportunity to pursue a goal. And if you're a parent, consider this. Instead of praying, God, I want my sons and my daughters to grow up and be people of of strong character. You could instead pray, God, would you please give me an opportunity this year to build character into my kids in practical ways. God, would you please give me an opportunity? And that is the kind of prayer that Nehemiah prayed. He prayed for an opportunity. And here's something else that we learned from the way that Nehemiah prayed. We can pray for success in reaching these goals that God's giving us. That's what Nehemiah does, just flat out. He says, you know what, God? I want an opportunity to speak to the king. And when I do, would you give me success by giving me favor, I I pray he'll say yes and I can go on this expedition to rebuild the walls. So the first step in determining how to get from where you are to where God wants you to be is to what? Four letter word starts with a P, what is it? To pray, exactly, to pray about God's goals for your life and here's what comes next, plan for how you will achieve these goals. Plan for how you will achieve these goals. I know there's some students here with us this morning. So let's say that you're a student and you're listening to this message and you think, you know, I really should have 
um, a goal of making better grades this year. All right, now if you want to do that, you need to have a plan, and your plan needs to have some action steps. So what are some of the action steps that you could take as a student to get better grades? And moms and dads, you can join this conversation. What are some things you can do? Okay, actually study. <laughs> Opening the book helps. Yes, you don't just lay it on your head and hope it sinks in. Okay, study. Yeah, what are some other things you can do? Your action plan. Pay attention in class. Put your cell phone away and pay attention in class. Good. What are some other things? Some creative ideas. What could you do to get better grades? Take notes. Yes, exactly. That's good. And to take notes, you have to beware. In class. That's another key to getting better grades. Like go to class. Um, is this heading a little close to home to some of you, for some of you students? What are some other things you could do? Here, here's my strategy for getting good grades. Find a really smart friend and study with them. See, if you're going to accomplish a goal, you need a plan. Or how about this? Let's say that your goal this year is to, to get out of debt. What do you need to get out of debt? Starts with a P, has four letters. A, you can pray. You want to pray. That's good. But you pray for what? To win the lotto. No. You're praying for a plan. You need a plan. Let's see if we can make some progress with this idea. If you want to improve your marriage, you need a? Good. If you want to get in shape physically, you need a? If you want to grow spiritually, you need a? There you go. Okay. Now, Nehemiah is a man with a what? Yes, he's a man with a plan. And I want you to notice what it says here, because this is really quite remarkable. Three days after my arrival at Jerusalem, I slipped out during the night taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone, notice this, about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. Now listen carefully. The reason Nehemiah was successful in reaching his goals, and we'll see that in just a moment, is because he was pursuing the plans that God had put in his heart. Now how did those plans get in Nehemiah's heart? He prayed. And this is really important. See, praying and planning go hand in hand. Listen, you don't pray one time and expect that your plans won't change throughout the year. Plans change, right? Now, why is that? Because circumstances change. Your financial situation might change. Your health might change. You might change. Other people change. So what do you do when that happens? You take a step back, you pray, and you come up with a new plan. And this is what we do over and over again. And that's why praying and planning go together. And it leads us to this third step, which is this. Pursue these goals, the goals that God has given you, despite what? Opposition. And we see that in the story. Nehemiah, he prays and God says, hey, I want you to go to Jerusalem and rebuild the wall. So he comes up with a plan and then he starts to implement his plan and he faces opposition that's really pretty intense. Now, I was thinking as I was reading the passage, the people that are opposing Nehemiah are mentioned by name. Now, how would you like, well, let me ask you this. If your name is in the Bible, how long is that name going to be there? God's word's going to last forever. Now, I wouldn't want my name in the Bible forever because I was opposing somebody who was trying to carry out God's plan. But these guys have the dubious distinction of, uh, of that honor. Look at this verse. But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about it, this is about hearing about the wall, they mocked and ridiculed. What is this you're doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. 
Now you can almost hear these guys laughing at Nehemiah, laughing at God's people as they try to rebuild the walls. And listen, as you try to achieve the goals that God is giving you in 2019, there may be times that people laugh at you or ridicule you. For example, if you're a student and you have a commitment to sexual purity, people may ridicule that commitment. If you're a person who's trying to be honest in your business, you're trying to do the right thing, not bend the rules, there are people that will talk about you behind your back. Church, this year, when you try to do the right thing, when you try to speak the truth in love, there may be people who misunderstand you and criticize you and even gossip about you. So how did Nehemiah handle the opposition that he faced? I think this is so helpful for us. Nehemiah handled it in a way that, that I think shows us what God wants us to do because when he was opposed, when he was ridiculed, did Nehemiah say, you know what? You guys have no idea who you're dealing with. I'm Nehemiah. I'm the bodyguard to the king. I am, I'm one bad dude and I will get this job done. Doesn't say that. He doesn't say, hey, you know what? You see these people that are building the wall with me? These are Israelis. They are the fiercest fighting people in the world. You don't mess with them because they're going to get the job done. That's not what Nehemiah says. He simply says, the God of heaven will give us success. So where's his confidence? It's not in himself. His confidence isn't even in the people that are working alongside him. His confidence is in God alone. God will give us success, and that's so important for us as we pursue our goals to believe that, you know what, because God has given me this goal, because God is helping me, I am going to reach this goal because God will give me success, and that will enable us to do this. This is the last thing. It will enable us to persevere, and that's what I'm trying to do right now. <laughs> persevere in reaching these goals. Tom Landry who was the former coach of the Dallas Cowboys, was asked one time by a reporter, what makes a champion? And this was his response. A champion is someone who didn't give up when he wanted to. I'd say Nehemiah was a champion, wouldn't you? Because when he was ridiculed, when he faced opposition, when his life was threatened, he didn't give up. And neither did the people working next to him. And here was the, the result. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul. Elul is a, a month on the Jewish calendar. In how many days? 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. This story about the rebuilding of the wall is so important for us because how, how long did it take to rebuild the wall? Do you remember from the verse? 52 days. About halfway into the project, at day 26, people were so tired and so discouraged they wanted to give up. And so what does Nehemiah do? He reminds them about the goal. He reminds them that they're not just rebuilding a wall to protect a city. They're rebuilding this wall for the glory of God. They're rebuilding the wall so people will see these surrounding nations that there is a God in Israel who is willing to help his people accomplish his goals for them. Church, that's so important for us that we set our goals with God's help, depending on God's help to accomplish those goals. Now, let me just think about this with you in a, a couple of ways. Let's say that you're um, someone who's married and you have some goals for your marriage. You want to have better communication, you want to spend more time with your spouse. Uh, are those good goals? Are those God-honoring goals? Okay, is it gonna be easy to achieve them? Shake your head like this, no. 
It's not. What will it take? Perseverance. You gotta pray and plan and pursue and persevere in reaching those goals. I was reminded of a story that I read just a few days ago. It's about this man named Roger, and it was New Year's Eve, and he was in no shape to drive, and so he parked his car, good choice, and he starts walking down the sidewalk, and as he's wobbling along, he's approached by this policeman. And the police officer says, hey, what are you doing out here at four o'clock in the morning? And Roger says, well, I'm on my way to a lecture. And the police officer says, what? Who in their right mind would be giving a lecture at four o'clock in the morning on New Year's Eve? And Roger said, my wife. <laughs> if you have some goals for your marriage, it takes perseverance. You've got to keep working on them. If you have a goal to get out of debt, is that just going to happen by itself? No. You're not going to drift into that goal. It takes determination. It takes discipline. It takes perseverance. Friends, listen. God's goals for our lives are not easy to reach. So we have to persevere. And let me say this about perseverance. Perseverance is not running into a wall like running into it with your head, you fall to the ground, you get up and do it over and over again. That's not perseverance. You know what that is? That's stupidity. <laughs> perseverance is you run into the wall, you stop and go, whoa, that didn't work very well. And so you try to figure out a way over the wall or a way around the wall or a way to blow up the wall. And to do that, you need wisdom. And that's why as we make plans, we need to ask God for wisdom because I'll tell you this, and, and, and you know this is true. When you're trying to get from where you are to where God wants you to be, sometimes you get stuck. Isn't that true? And you just don't know what to do. God, I want my marriage to be better, but I honestly don't know what to do. God, I'm feeling so discouraged and even depressed, and I don't know what to do. God, this relationship is so broken, and I don't know what to do. And God says, hey, hey, come to me and ask me what to do. Because there's a promise. It's our verse of the week where God says, hey, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Now, where does God's wisdom come from? It comes from his book, we know that. It comes from God's people, people that know God and know his book. They can help us get going and keep going down the right path. So listen, this year, as you take the journey from where you are to where you wanna be, pray for wisdom. And also pray for this, pray for courage. Pray for courage. And remember the definition of courage, it's not the absence of fear. Courage is moving forward in faith despite our fear. And this is often the case. We know what to do. We know what God wants us to do, but we're afraid to do it. And sometimes we're afraid because we think, hey, I'll fail, or what will people think? And God says, trust me. Trust me, and I will give you the wisdom and the courage you need to achieve my goals for you. And church, this is so important for us because when you look at the stories in the Bible, this is what you realize. That God's people working together for God's glory can do incredible things. Why? Because God is helping them. And notice this as well. The story here in the Bible is not just about rebuilding the walls. It's about what's happening in the hearts of God's people and in Nehemiah's heart as well because God's not just interested in rebuilding the walls. He's interested in rebuilding his people and there's a passage, this is in chapter eight, where the people gather together to celebrate this great success because the wall was completed, and this man, his name is Ezra, he's a leader. He stands up and he starts to read the Bible, the Old Testament. And how do the people respond? And this goes on for hours, that he's reading these verses from the Old Testament. People actually begin to weep. And they, they just, 
decide that, that they have been disobedient to God and they dedicate their lives to the Lord. And that's where true success always begins. When we dedicate our lives, our whole life to the Lord. When we come to Jesus and say, Lord, look, here's my time, here's my possessions, here's my talents, here's my hopes and my dreams. Lord, here's my successes, here's my failures. I just wanna put these things down at your feet. And I wanna ask you, Lord, what are your goals for my life? And how can we achieve them together? Looking back over this past year, I know that many of you have had a, a number of very difficult challenges. Some of you have faced some significant health issues, um, financial issues, broken relationships, all kinds of things. And I think too that when life is hard, there are times when we're not sure how we're gonna get through it. Times when we feel like giving up. I want you to know that I get that because as a pastor, I'm not immune to discouragement or to disappointment or to feeling like things are just too hard. But I want you to know this, and I hope this will really encourage you so deeply this morning. When I feel like that, I remind myself, myself of things that are true. And the first is this, that prayer is powerful. And I wanna thank you, church family, for praying for me and praying for my family. That means a lot, and I want you to know that I pray for you as well, and I hope that we are mutually encouraged by our prayers for each other. But realize this, if you're a Christian, Jesus Christ himself prays for you. He prays for you. There, there's a time in the, in the scripture where Jesus is praying for Peter and he says, Peter, I prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail. When I think about Jesus praying to God the Father, hey, God, I pray that Pastor Dudley's faith wouldn't fail. Man, that encourages me. And to think also that the Holy Spirit prays for us as well, Prayer is powerful, and that should encourage us. And here's something else that encourages me, and I hope it'll encourage you. The goals that I'm pursuing, they're not just my goals. They're goals that God has given me. The goals that I have personally, the, the goals for my family, the goals for our church ministry, it wasn't my idea to become a pastor. That was the furthest thing for, from, from what I wanted to pursue, but God called me, and I responded to that call. Um, it wasn't just my idea to start a new church, it was a dream that God planted in my heart. And so the plan that I'm pursuing is not just my plan, it's a plan that God has given me. And I want you to realize that as well. When you're pursuing God's plans, God is with you working to help you achieve those plans. And the third thing is this, and for me it's the most compelling reason that I wanna always press on, despite opposition, despite how hard life may be, and the reason is this, because the one I follow pressed on. Jesus Christ refused to quit. When he was betrayed, when he was arrested, when he was beaten, he could have just decided enough is enough. He could have called 10,000 angels to assist him, but he didn't. He willingly went to a cross. Why? Because he was going to complete the plan that God had given him to rescue us and to give us a new life. And church, I believe this with all my heart that just as Jesus completed the plans that God gave him, God will enable you and me to complete the plans that he is giving us. And so the question is, we have a new year ahead of us, 2019, what are we going to do with it? How will we get from where we are to where God wants us to be? And the answer is right here in the story of Nehemiah. We need to pray, 
We need to plan. We need to pursue God's goals despite opposition. And we need to persevere, trusting God to give us his wisdom and his courage. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this story that encourages us, Lord, that teaches us how we can achieve the goals that that you're giving us. And Father, today we thank you so much for Jesus. We we thank you that he prayed and he had a plan, Lord, and, and he pursued the goals you had given him, and he refused to give up. And Lord, as we celebrate his, his life, his, his love for us, as we celebrate the fact that he's coming back one day to make all things new, I pray, Lord, that in these moments that you would deeply encourage us, and Lord, that you would give us the grace to get from where we are to where you want us to be. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.